0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's a True Faith podcast on a Thursday night uh, with me, Simon Campbell, and on the line I've got Norman Riley. Dogger and Ben are covering the—what are they at again tonight, Norman? Some sort of uh, podcast for the times. times.
2: Times, football podcast, isn't it? I think they, right. do, like a, they do it. Uh, they, they go from I don't know, city to city, and, they, and they, they do them. So they've got, have got Rafa there with uh, George Colgan and Oliver Keir. So I'm sure, um, I'm sure it'll be worth a listen. i will get plenty of Newcastle fans listening to it once it's once it's available. But I'd imagine with it being the Times, you probably have to subscribe to it.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> well, we're gonna have Alex on as soon as he's uh, finished. Uh, at the end of the show So stick around after me and Norman have had what we'll say about Man United And we'll get the exclusive from Dodsey about, about what's happened at the Rafa night So um, Back to back to business Norman uh, It is in fact a preview of with, There's another football match this week I feel like I've had enough of them if I'm honest Last week was so brutal um, Alas, Manchester United It's it's a massive game, it always is Man U at home, every season I look forward to it um, I, I, I didn't look forward to Burnley on Wednesday last week But I am looking forward to this is that mental? Um, I don't know. Uh, we've got new players and stuff to to, to get excited about, and um, it's just that kind of Rafa v Jose thing. I just think it's going to be it's going to be a, a good day, a good atmosphere, and I really think we can get something. Um, am, I, am I mental, Norman? Do you think Do you think this lineup with this team with with the few additions we've got in stand a chance against Manu, or, or in for another hammering? No, stand a chance. We you know. You...
2: You could you could see it to a certain extent. You know, Liverpool were you know more more or less on par with Man U. I mean, as an attacking force, definitely. Um, and we more than held our own against the Scousers. Um, obviously, you have got two contrasting styles of play. I think that Rafa's set up against Liverpool, um, Klopp's you know famous gig pressens It's an, an easier one for our squad of players to to cope with on a tactical level because um, it's. It just that it does allow you to almost sit back and like soak soak up that wave after wave of pressure. Whereas Mourinho, um, he is you know, he's you have to say it, even though Manu score a lot of goals and the do teams he is he is quite a defensive defensive coach. His his priority is basically like, you know, we'll we just won't concede goals. That's his first priority, is like let's not concede, and obviously a lot of the time that works. Um on Saturday against Spurs, you think about it on Saturday against Spurs he would have gone there with a game plan, right? Because as he does against all the sort of clubs in and around him, he goes there to stifle them, like especially when he goes to stifle the other team from playing and yep. maybe hit them a break. Or he'll always take nil-nil draw like Mourinho would take nil-nil draw with um, Chelsea, nil Joe draws with Tottenham, nil-nil with Man City. That's that's like kind of how he's won the titles in the past is by not losing to the the teams around him and then just battering the teams like um like sort of fifth, fifth sixth, seventh downwards. Um, so against Spurs on Saturday obviously that goal that had like you know happened ridiculously quickly um it, it was almost, it almost like threw his game plan to shit It, it was like well where do we go from here um, yeah. and they conceded the other goal not long afterwards and if you look at the match stats they didn't really they, i mean they didn't really do anything um so a, a very you know a very possibly stupid part of my brain kind of wants us to i mean really would like us to, just to get an early goal because I think if we get in really, early good, we've, we've got a really good chance against them. Um, the, in terms of, in terms of them being like, you know, better than course, the other like a thousand things better than us in terms of playing personnel. But um, what we have got, um, yeah, the Rafa, uh, the Rafa um, Jose thing is is huge. Um, you know, there's a there's a definite rivalry there, and obviously Rafa's done him in incredibly important games in the past. Is the the comment that Rafa's. Wife made against uh, Mourinho in the past about uh, you know them them going up and clearing up Mourinho's messes.
1: There's, there's <laughs> no, I'll stop you there, Norman. You've literally when when you read the special on Sunday morning, <laughs> that's that's one of me one of me bits. I <laughs> will tell you what, I'm, we'll, we'll
2: not we'll not go into that then. Um, it's A little sort of. Um, Prelude to it, so you know, it'll just it'll wet people's appetites reading the special.
1: Mate. One, Aye, yeah, one, which yeah. you can you, you can subscribe to, absolutely free. Um, you'll find a link to it on uh, True Faith. Uk. It's totally free. Loads of mint writers put in just little little snippets for ahead of each game. It's it's class. Please subscribe. Carry on, Norman. What were you saying?
2: Aye, uh, right, so we'll we'll not go, we'll not go into that too much. Um, but the needle obviously, to it. I think obviously the the majority Newcastle fans are well aware of the the history between them, so they. They are probably going to give Rafa a lot of support, but Mourinho a lot of grief. Um, and to get like to go one up against them and to just continuously give Mourinho a grief, I think, would create a great atmosphere. And, and like you, you alluded to, there are many games at home to Man U where the atmosphere is flat. Um, initially, initially it usually starts off quite raucous, and obviously you know there there are times they've battered us in the past, but we've had some brilliant performance against him at home. Even even the McLaren relegation season, that that performance was probably. In many ways, it was in many ways it was one of my, it was McLaren's team's best performance. Um,
1: it was a it fantastic was, game of football. Really enjoyed it, and summed up by Paul Dummett. He
2: had obviously Paul Dummett's um, left foot uh, volley, you know, which was just spectacular. Yeah. But, um, it was it was a brilliant football. In fact, I thought the performance that night was so good by us that it was the first time that I, I thought, you know what, we may we may have a chance at survival. Yeah. Obviously, I was an idiot for thinking that, but. Um, it's you know when you when you put a put a good performance in the end teams like like Man U um, they're the, they the kind of hopes and aspirations that um, that reality had more, more fool me obviously but um, I think you know we're, we're a completely different side now and they're a completely different side um, I mean even in a Van Gaal, it was still pretty hard going on the eye it was a very unusual game in that sense um, but I'm I i do not think you are being unrealistic at all um, if. If we get an early goal, or at least we don't concede early, then and the atmosphere builds up, then the players will be up for it. I mean, as a professional footballer, especially a team coming up from the Championship, um, you have to be up for. You know, like man, you. Um, I mean, what time is it? Quarter past two. Kick off. Yep. So hopefully, you know, there'll be a few drinks would have been had before the match, and you know, I just, I'm just, I'm just hoping for a, a really robust atmosphere and a kind of, you know, what? Let's let's press them a bit. It probably will happen. In the pressing aspect of it, but. You know, Rafa knows what kind of manager Mourinho is, so so who knows? Um, I, either, you, know, you know, I don't think it been on only sick at all. I mean, a draw is definitely not a uh, definitely not a good question, and a win. I mean, a win. Even you know, you look at like, they were poor against Spurs. Obviously, Spurs are a completely different side to us, no doubt about that. But they were poor to the extent where they didn't. They looked clueless after they went one one down, and definitely after they went two down. And then you look at them against um, Huddersfield away. I mean, the lost to Huddersfield away, you know. This, this is like, this is a game that we can win, despite the fact that Man are second. This is a game we can win. If, if Huddersfield can beat them at home, if if Wagner can put out a team to beat Mourinho's side, then we certainly can. So there's there's no reason to approach the the, the game with doom and gloom. And there were positives to take from the um, the Palace game, despite the equaliser and uh, the pressure we were another the second half. There were positives, and um, I you're definitely, definitely not being uh being daft,
1: mate. <laughs> Right, no you've got us absolutely convinced Norman before I was 50 50. now we're definitely winning this game. <laughs> I mean yeah you've you've absolutely you've summed up exactly how I think everyone sees her in these days like he he lines up against the top five like a team who's in the in relegation scrap like us lines up for every game and then he just he, he hopes he's spent enough money on quality to just win the rest of the games easy as, as they often do. But Wait, I, I, I'll give
2: this for a point, right? So you you look at some of the games this season. The the
1: belted some teams like yeah. The bat had Leicester. The, the bat had um, Swansea, but it,
2: it was with late, late flurries of goals. Um, they've they've done that thing where they've just been like 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 perfunctory, Like you they've, they've they've been like just a powerful side that grinds out. Even even against us at um, at Old Trafford, you know we took the lead. We controlled the game for the first 30 minutes, and the. They didn't... I, I don't think they appealed us to, you know, like, in football, um, given the players that they've got. That's someone they're obviously capable of with a, with a different manager. But they're just big... They're just a big, strong side. And eventually, you know, their, their fitness levels and their power, um, that's that's what defeated us in the end. Whereas, I don't think the, the fitness levels and the power will play into it as much um, in, in a home match at St. James's. And the other thing as well is that like, as much as we're under pressure to get results... This game, to a certain extent, but not, or not as much pressure as you could see, to a certain extent, Mourinho is to get a result. Well, because obviously, you know, they, they're not that far ahead in the second. They're not going to catch Man City, but at the same time, they can't, Mourinho can't, can't give the appearance of not catching Man City. You know what I mean? And, and there's a pressure there because they lost against Spurs last week. So I think there, these are other factors that might play in our hands.
1: Yeah, I, I, don't, I know what you're saying. I'll, I'll go back to what you said, though, about us not being under pressure. Because one of my questions to you tonight was going to be, Norman, do we need to stop picking up game, uh, points in these games? You know, we've, we've always kind of thought, oh we'll, we'll, if we win the games against the teams around, bro, we'll be all right. But actually, we've come so far now where you're looking at the fixture list and actually, we've got Man U at home, we've got Arsenal at home, we've got Chelsea at home. Do we need to be picking up a couple of points out of those games now because there's there's so few opportunities left to, to get points on the board and to get us to that kind of 40-point goal to, of staying up? So... I know you're saying we're not under pressure, and you're right. We're not. They're, they're under pressure, and if, if Mourinho finishes lower than third, like he should lose his job because that's just not good enough for the the amount of money he spent. But from our right. point of view, I, I think we need to start looking at these games and in kind of. Yes, it's 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 still a free game, Man United, and if we lose, nobody will be will think it's unreasonable. But I think at some point we've only got um, a couple of points from the from the top six so far this season, and yes, we've got those teams I've just mentioned to play at home. So we've got we've got a point against liverpool and we've got a point again uh, from two games against man city in terms of goal difference but that's about it um, do we need to pick up a couple more points from these games norman
2: right mate so uh, the, you're absolutely you're absolutely right of course right, we need to start we need we, we need to pick up points where we can it's as simple as that um you know like if this was like the third or fourth game of the season you'd be like oh yeah well, yeah of course it does you know a defeat well in the grand scheme of things what is it yeah yeah right now a defeat is you know, it, on, on, in the sense of it being, you know, a, a confidence uh, drain. Obviously, it'll contribute a little bit of that. Also, it puts more pressure on the um, the games that we, you know, commas, expected to win. Ie uh, yeah, Horasfield, Southampton, West Brom. It puts more pressure on, which, you know, which can feel down from the stands. If, if, if the fans are nervous, the, the players will be nervous. Um, but I suppose what I mean is, is that yes, there's pressure to pick up points, and maybe in this game. But we're not expected to. We're not expected to pick up a point. So the expectation levels are are a lot lower, um, and that could play in our hands in the sense that you know we we as a, uh, as, a as a collective fan base, um, we're not going to be as kind of nervous as we might be you now against Burnley and home against Swansea and home against Huddersfield coming up or whatever. Um, there's there's more there's it'll be more it'll be a raucous, but I, I think kind of more relaxed. Relaxed might be the might be the wrong word, but it won't be as kind of like a. Uh, as much of a pressure cooker as it might be if it was Huddersfield at home this weekend. Yeah. You see what I mean? So I'm, I'm just hoping that that's, that's how it pans out and that, that plays in our hands. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we'll, I'm, I'm confident we'll
1: pick up a point. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think I think you've just kind of hit why I think this sort of game is important. Um, and again, I'll not, I'll not be gutted if we lose. Obviously, it's Man U. They've got £500 million as a player. But if we could get something here, it means that those games against Huddersfield, Southampton, West Brom... Aren't, aren't the kind of six-pointers that Absolutely. every time we've come up to one of them's fixtures, it's been off the back of a bad run and kind of we came up to Burnley the other night and it's like, we'll have to win here and the pressure's on so much. And I think that that still seems to frighten our players because we've got the youngest squad in the league and, you know, when when they're faced with a game against Burnley who are a top-half team and they're much better than we are as were Crystal Palace the other day, and they're coming up against these teams under so much pressure and I think they're capable, they know they can do it, but... As we've seen both times, 1-0 up and then we'll get under a bit of pressure and then a, you know, a slobby goal or a penalty is given away and then we'll, we'll fall to bits. And I think if we could just get something on the board against like a Man U or an Arsenal, it, it kind of changes the mindset on these kind of games. And then we're going to Huddersfield saying, right, right, the pressure's not on as much. We've just took something off Arsenal. We've just took something off Man U. And so I'd really like to see us get something out of one of these games just to kind of set one away and not have this kind of lose all these matches and then come up to Huddersfield at home desperate for three points.
2: I agree. I mean, I I agree. Um I think that uh, a point against Man U and a point or three away to Bournemouth would just be. I mean, they would they would set us up unbelievably well for the rest of the season. Um, and uh, the the other thing as well is, I think you said before the magical 40 point mark. I, I think Mickey mentioned it a couple of times. The other night I don't think I don't think it will be 40 points this season because it's so incredibly tight from what like ninth downwards. Um, I reckon 36 points will probably be be enough this season. So. What are we on at the moment? 26, 26 points. Um, you know the, the 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 three wins. You can you can th- kind of think. Oh, yeah, Hoda- yeah Hoda- it's got to be Southampton. has got to be West Brom. It's got to be um, and I not 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 picking up points in other games for a month away, perhaps. Um, then you know Arsenal at home. Then yeah, the, the the pressure is massive in those games. But again, I just um, I just think strangely enough, you know, like the the Stoke and the West Ham matches away. We, I, I, like, I went, I went to both those games, and I, I went there not not expecting me to win. Like, and I think, like the the away fans that I was amongst that that expectation was similar, and and it almost played into my hands, and we produced a really good performance. Um, and I think again against against Man U, there weren't that many of us expecting to win. Um, and I think that'll that'll really give the uh, the, the players a kind of a good good sense, a good sense of like, um, I don't know, togetherness on the pitch. I've got a real, I've got a good feeling about it. I mean, don't me We'll speak on Monday or Tuesday, and I'll probably be in the depths of despair. But right now, uh, there's just a, uh, there's a bit of optimism coursing through me,
0: Vince.
2: Sorry, that's the dog.
1: <laughs> no, not a problem at all, man. Um, I, um, yeah, I, I just think we need, we need well, something to kind of to give the home crowd a bit of a break as well. We haven't won since October. A point against Man U would that's another thing that it's getting harder and harder to play at home because there's that expectation of we've, we've, we've been poor we've been really poor at home and the results haven't been good enough and you're always going to have a section of that crowd because there's so many people who who just demand something demand better regardless of kind of the context of what's been happening so we just we just need something we need a break here and we need it sooner rather than later so sunday's the day sunday's the day we're going to get something and it's gonna do you, gonna, want,
2: do you- you know, we've been really poor at home. I mean obviously in terms of um points we have been poor. Um there's no doubt about that. But the like the last two home performances against Burnley and Swansea, you know, I suppose the argument, you could make an argument, right? If it fully fits Lamarny, he was a goal scorer, you know, had as run at Leicester, whatever, but he is. Um you know, this is a kid who like a season and a half ago cost Leicester nearly thirty million. Um with with like a clinical finish on the side, I think Swansea and Burnley, like we've got it. If we'd gone to look at neither of those games, which, is, which was quite feasible given how much of the ball we had, no much how many chances we created in the, in the first half, um, if we'd gone to in both those games, it would, would have been victories and we'd be talking about like you know a really improving home record and getting those vital wins. And we've just like we just haven't had the rub of the green in front of the goal, have we? And, and I think we haven't had the rub of the green, but also you know when you've got a, a quality centre forward in there like that, sometimes you don't necessarily need the rub of the green. You've just got a clinical finish. in it doesn't. You know, who doesn't kind of need like four or five chances to put the ball
1: in the net? I agree. I mean, what where we've gone wrong the last few games is that second goal. Second goal would have won both as matches last and week. And Palace, are we Yeah. So yeah, two, the two games last week, and yeah. So I mean, you've you've brought you've, you've mentioned Slomani there. So I think we'll, we'll move on to the team because uh, for once we've got options. We've got we've got plenty to choose from, and um, some some lads at work play play um, a kind of. Predictions league every week, not a not a match predictions, but predicting Rafa's lineup. And I think the highest score all season has been nine players, because there's always one or two in there you're just not expecting. But we're going to try it anyway. Um, obviously you've mentioned Slimani. If he's fit to play, I think we both know he's got to go in the team because he's a 30 million pound striker and he's just obviously better than what we've got. Um, I like Dwight Gale but his goal ratio this season has been poor. Hossley. I've got nothing against the lad. His finishings not been up there, and he's he's grafted like no one else this season to an extent. But for the same reason, I think he needs a break. And I, I don't I, I don't think um I think Mickey mentioned last week that he thought hosley had been hung out to dry, I, and I don't think that's fair. I think he just yeah. he, he needs he needs he needs a break, and especially at home he's played pretty much every game. Uh, so Slomani's got to go straight in for me. But from there we'll work we'll work backwards. Who would you like to see? I mean, first of all formation. Do you think it's because it's Manu as, as at Chelsea? Do you think we'll play three at the back?
2: In a home game, I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be slightly surprised. I think it may be the, the kind of 4-4-1-1 four, four, one, one formation that we used to. Um, on the Slimani issue, now of course you know he's, he's been out for a while. Um, I think it's, it might be unlikely that he starts. He don't know. I mean, Rafa does throw surprises in. There's part of me thinks that like you know if it's a relative, if it's quite a tight game and it gets to like the 55th, 60th minute. And he's brought off the bench. I just think that'll give like an absolutely fucking huge lift to the crowd. You know, like you know, there's certain points in the match where you just need like something to just kick it all off again. I think because obviously you know we're so desperate to see like a uh, like a real centre forward up there. You know, like a real quality centre forward, which which Slimani is, I'm, I'm sure of it. You know, um, I think bringing him off the bench would be like it almost be like a kind of injection of energy. Like you know, like in the sort of 55th, 60th minute of the match. Um, but as you mentioned, given you know how um, scarce our centre forwards' goals are, if you can if you can start and then getting like, a first half out of him, which makes a difference in the overall um, whole, whole of the match, then nah, I there's there's an argument for that as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, if we could get the first goal, it could be huge here. So want to give ourselves the best chance. If Slimani can play sixty minutes, I'd rather he's on from the start. But I I I also see the the, the point you're making where. Which would probably point towards Hossley, whereas if we can do fifty minutes of Donkey work, keep ourselves in the game, and bring Slimani on, that's another option. So it'll be interesting to see no, which.
2: No, no, get...
1: Say that again, sorry, Norman. Like so,
2: like, if Slimani doesn't start, you'd
0: rather
1: than Gail in there. Yeah, I think so. I think at home he's been absolutely fine, and he gives us something. He gives us an outlet. Whereas if, if we're under the cosh, um, as we're you know more than likely could be for periods in the first half. Gale doesn't hang on to the ball enough. At least the, the ball sticks to Hossley. You can win it in wow. the air. And I think now that we've got Kennedy, and I'd probably like to see Murphy as well. I mean, we've got uh, we've got we've got options for pace and and something to have a go at them, no matter how deep we end up. So in that sense, I'd probably rather have Hossley because he, he kind of adds balance to that. Gale. Um, I th- I mean Perez. Perez has been class the last two games.
2: Uh, I agree. You got. I mean, I read a through again. Again, social media is, as a barometer for how you know what what people really think. Um, you know, if you read like 10 screaming opinions on social media and two positive ones, you're you're automatically assuming that like you know 92% of uh, opinions of them are negative. And there were a few kind of comments about them being relatively ineffective against Palace, but again, it was one of those where you know it did it did do kind of what what ultimately is in there for, which is to just run, you know, run sort of left to right and just graft his arse off. And, and that's that's kind of what he does. Um, and obviously, what it's meant as well is that Big Moore's moved in the centre midfield. Where, yeah. where, where, he's been a revelation.
1: He has. I mean, for me, for me, what Perez does well, the first half against Palace, we were good, we were the better team. And he's whenever we have a chance, he's involved. But also, he's the only player in the team at the minute who can win a free kick in, in their half like Aye. it's really important to do that because when when we're under the pressure having a free kick 40 yards from their goal apart from the fact that we're actually very good from set pieces at the minute and we're scoring a lot of goals I think we've scored like a third of our goals from set pieces this season I
2: think we've scored more I think we've scored
1: more than anyone else in the Premier League from corners this season yeah so I think something, something like 35% of our goals have come from set pieces so apart from anything else that's very important but you know to, to, especially against a team like Manu you need that respite you need to, to win a free kick to get, to get taken out Perez is quick enough with his feet to just do that to give her that outlet, so I think Raf will definitely pick him at number ten. Um, Kennedy has to start. I'd I'd like to see him complete a game. I know uh, I know he's hauled off quite early against Palace, which wears some eyebrows. But I think Doddy put it on uh, the podcast. He must have. He's not played much football. He must have been protecting him, which is which is fair enough. Um, it was a shame because once he went off, we well, didn't really have any attacking threat from that point. But for the same reason, I hope that ke- that's kept him fit for this well, one. Then, how how good is it to see? Uh, yeah a genuinely quick skillful
2: winger with like raw talent you know like talent that still needs going and yeah. it's dead exciting isn't it like it, it's dead exciting to see a player like that like it, it feels like it just feels like a long time since we've seen a player who um, who just like there's just, just like a buzz of anticipation when he gets the ball or when he, when he pegs it up the lane you know what I mean you know what Jacob Murphy to a certain extent has got the potential to be like that as well he's really coming to his own this, um, this sort of last few months and um, he's a He's a good option from the bench. I mean, on, that, that's a, that, that's a question there, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
1: left and right midfielders slash wingers. Who would you go for? You got Kennedy on the left. Where would you put on the right? Well, it's for, so I think we'll play three at the back because we did against Man City and we did against Chelsea. And I think it's just, I think that's what Ralph will do to keep winning the game because we've now got the option of Kennedy. I think that puts Yedlin on the right because of his pace, uh-huh, yeah. or Manquio It could be Man-Kio. Um and I just think Richie, I, he, he, I thought he played well first half last week, but he faded out the game again. And to be honest, he just hasn't he hasn't played well for a while. And I, I loved him last season, and I don't want to give up on him. But uh, um, you've mentioned Murphy. He's If we'll play four four one one or four five one or whatever you want to call it, he's yeah. definitely my choice for the right wing. Because I think with him and Kennedy on both wings, that gives Manu a lot to think about. And it doesn't I'm... really matter who's up front. You could put Gale up front. You could put Hoslu, You could hopefully put Slimani. They've suddenly got... We've got a threat, and I think we just haven't had enough threat this season. I think Christian Atsu, I've been quite critical in the last few weeks, but I think he's been burnt out this season because we spent the first run up to, up to Christmas where he was our only attacking and threat, and we're just pinging the ball out of the left wing, and, and it's just so easy to defend against that he's he's probably lost a bit of confidence because he's just constantly being dispossessed, constantly being muscled off the ball because they just put two on him, and I think now we've got we've got options we've got an attack and threat on both wings and it gives us that balance that Rafa always talks about yeah. so i think as you've mentioned the the raw skill of of Kennedy and that kind of talent it's it's i'm really excited to see more of it and as you say Murphy's shown shown that as well in the last few months so i'd like to see them both just 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 in and even as part of a 532 uh, cuz i think i think we're going to we're going to do the usual we're going to we're going to keep it tight maybe he's trying to get an early goal maybe he's have a little bit of a go at them but at the end of the day, it'll be about staying in the game because we did it at um, Old Trafford, and then we got we got a hammering. So this time it'll be more about staying in the match and and keeping it tight. But with that kind of attack, you know, w- w- there's always a chance to, to go at the other end and, and nick won. I I, I agree. Yeah, uh, and yeah,
2: you're right. I'm having the having the pace is just it, it's just, it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant having that kind of pace on the uh, on the pitch. Um, in terms of the the centre mid. Um, I mean, I think, um, I think, I think Shelby was, was, was decent on, um, on Sunday. Um, and I think Shelby and the army are actually, uh, starting to build up like quite a, quite the decent understanding. I mean, the amount of,
0: amount of donkey work that the army is doing is, is just fucking phenomenal at the
1: moment. Um, he's been a revelation.
2: I, it, it really, it really has. Like, um, I'm, I'm like, I'm just... This is—I mean—it's incredible to even see this, but I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing him play again this this weekend to see how he gets on because his confidence is absolutely through the roof, you know. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I would. Would you would you go with the combo of Shelby and Diarmi?
1: Absolutely, no. You're right. The last two games have been un, un, unreal, and uh, you know, Hayden's Hayden's had a quiet season. He's he's still young. He's got a lot to learn, and he's struggled in some of the big games. Marino, were... we're I still love him. I still think. I still think he's he's class, but he's he's another one who's he's he's just a young lad and he's got a lot to learn about the Premier League. And you know, I think early doors he was getting a lot of time and space, and 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 he's people aren't giving him that anymore because they know what he can do. So he's finding it a little bit more difficult. So I uh, Shelby Shelby and Diarmé are experienced. They're the the right ones to have in at the time, especially as I've mentioned with such a young squad. They're probably two of the most senior players, two of the most Premier League experienced players. So. They have to be in there, and they've absolutely earned the right to be there in the, in the last few games. So, and again, so said,
2: if, so if we go for the if we go for the three three centre halves, you you who are you looking at? You're looking at Clark, Lascelles, and Dummett on the left hand side of that three that three centre half. Um, uh, I was going to say a three centre half pair in there. That's pretty good news. Yeah, Trio.
1: yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think I think you will. You put Dummett back there. Clark might be injured, so um, if that happens, we might see. Well, we'll probably see him Bember. If not Lejeune, it might be time to give him another run out, with LaSalle's obviously at the, the heart of it. So, I think mean, there's options again, isn't there? It's it's, it's nice uh, for once for once we've got options in all positions and and a couple of different formations we can do, which I think I think Rafa unfairly got accused of being kind of one dimensional early in the season. It was the same formation, pretty much the same lineup with the odd variant for for months on end, but we didn't have anything. And it's funny what buying a left winger, buying another striker, and even a keeper, we've got a we've got a bit of competition for dollar and I thought he was class last game. But you know, it's 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 all it just a couple of players makes all the difference. And suddenly we've got options, and we've got the chance to to go into a game where the other team don't know what we're gonna do. Whereas I think we became very predictable, and that's why we kind of just haven't been able to get a break. Well, I'll tell you
2: what, right? I, I mean, like uh, I haven't I'm um, not a drink for four days, right? Which i does not sound so long, but it's yeah, it's it's. It's long in the grand scheme of things. Um <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is, but I think like there's these like hideous amounts of optimism. I don't know where they're coming from because I was thinking about this earlier on and I thought, like, right, look at Sunday at Palace, right? I thought Yedlin and Dummett were really good. I think Dummett's been really good since he come he, um since he came back from, from injury. Um Yedlin and I, as I say, did he did really well um counting the threat as a on on uh, on Sunday. And then you came and think, alright, oh, then right maybe Slimani up front, all oh, of the wingers, right? You've got like uh, possibly Murphy and Kennedy um, and then you think, well, you know what, Shelby and are working well around in the centre midfield. And then you're thinking, oh, the back, the cells, you know, the cells is is a decent player, like he really is. And then you start thinking, you know what, like the team, like it's it's I you know, like it's it's strong enough, it's strong enough to get the points to survive in this division. When you when you compare our team to now like the sort of teams in the bottom five and six around us, you know we're not we're not miles away, we're not that we're not miles away from them, which is it's testament to to Benitez's skills on operating on such a tight um, managed budget to actually to have create to have gradually created this this squad which is is alright you know it it does give me it does give me hope for the rest of the season
1: well yeah I mean I was looking at the table before I mean realistically I think there's three maybe four teams that I think we're better than and now Ah. we've walked these place we're better than West Brom we're better than Huddersfield I would say we're better than Brighton I know they're still above at the minute but we're better than Brighton I think we're better than Swansea, but they're they're running away at the minute. I, I don't know what the hell hall's I don't understand it. I I can't get my head around it. But just... that'll, that'll pop. That'll, that'll pop like, I, reckon, I really do reckon that'll pop like with
0: uh, Carvajal. I like, It's. I think they've had like that, they've had that like classic cliched
2: like new manager boost. I think that. I think Swansea've just been so poorly managed for the last sort of two to three seasons. Like you know, um, uh, Gideline, Clement came in and did like a really good kind of um, you know firefighting job, but he's 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 a classic kind of assistant manager, isn't he? He's been a good assistant manager all of his life, and he's had a couple of jobs and haven't worked out. Um, I just think that um, I think you've got like a Swansea squad there who i like just had like a, an almost a release of, of playing for like a proper manager, and I think I genuinely think of physical because I don't think they're that particularly strong. Um, I mean, I'm hoping this in any ways. And then you look know, at West Brom, and I think I mentioned this on the, the pod the other day. They played like their match at the weekend against their Southampton. I think it was, the centre midfield was Gareth Barry and Claudio yeah for fuck's sake. <laughs> you, I mean, like you wouldn't you wouldn't have either of those two in your side, would you? Even Barry, for all of his experience and the fact that we lack experience, a 37-year-old Gareth Barry, like I, I wouldn't be happy with him playing centre midfield for us now, would you?
1: No, obviously not.
2: There you go. So uh, I am. I, 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 I mean, like you know, you know what I mean. This optimism I'm feeling right now, like it's uh, you know, it's probably gonna backfire. But fuck it, I'm gonna enjoy it while it's here.
1: Yeah, I I can't get my head around it because honestly, after after Burnley and Crystal Palace, I don't think I've ever felt so gutted because those, those are well at least first half against Palace and pretty much the whole Burnley game. I thought they were they were two best performances so far, um or at least at least for a long time because we we'll, we we'll had a really bad run obviously before Christmas and we've suddenly we've suddenly got um five we've only lost one game in six at Man City. And you, you realise actually that we're, we're doing all right and we we're, we're, we're seem to be turning it round. And um, while I felt good at on Sunday, somehow this week I've kind of look, taken things into perspective. And you look at the team we've got and you think, "Aye, I, you know what? Why not? Man, you, it starts here. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna be uh, safe by by April. Or am I meant to Well, there?
2: you know what, man. The end. How feel after the match? How oh, good I mean, you know, Burnley Room, I, you know, one 0 up, end of Joe wants each other, Lady equaliser. Palace away, one 0 up. Hey, given the points that we've got in the third and the, the, the relegation battle in, of course it's gonna be good afterwards. You know, and it it's gonna feel like the world's end because like these are these are games that we're gonna grow up in and we've not been as defender leading, we've, we've dropped the but you know, we've dropped the points, you know, and, and of course it's good, but then you see a couple of days of reflection, you're like, Well hold on, you know like Palace, of course, cause you to take a point against Palace. Um Burnley
1: match of course you won the three points, but it was kind of un either got, got uh really late on or maybe we, we had, could have them buried. Yeah. Um, and and both both
2: And then you
1: think we might Both sorry, both of them are better than us. Burnley are better than us, they're in the top the are uh, the seventh? Top seven. Uh, and Palace, there's so many of those players you would have in our team. So I know in the context of the season we needed oh. to start picking up points and these were the games we kind of thought, right it, We'll get, we'll get, we'll get four, maybe, maybe six points, and we haven't. But it was so important not to lose those games. Obviously, we haven't given Palace three points, which is, which is important. And we've just, as, as we keep saying, we're matching these teams. These teams are better than us. They've got better football players than us. They've got more money than us, or they've got, they spend more money than us. And yet we're still matching them. I know we've got Rafa. It's just like it's going to give eventually. And we've got all our players fit again. We've got, we've got Kennedy through the door. We've got Slomani ready to go on Sunday. It starts now. It starts fucking now, Norman.
2: Well, that, that's well, that's it. That's another thing. You see, this is like, there's obviously another reason for the optimism. Is this is fucking Man United home They You know, regardless of the fact that Mourinho is an absolute ball bag, um, you know, they, they, it's always a massive because Man you uh, you know, the the one of the one of the world's most famous clubs. It's always always a big game, and and we're going to this match with you know with the kind of nervous excitement of the fact that we're in a relegation battle. And also, we're going to this match. You know, John Carver's not a manager. Alan Pardew, post 20, 2013 isn't a manager. You know, McC- uh, McLaren's not our manager. We're going to this match against Mourinho with Rafa as the manager. So uh, there's just more more reason for optimism. You know, it's, it's almost like it almost feels like, you know what, I should be optimistic. Of course I should be. And um, let's just hope that, you know, again, I'm not um, in the fetal position on the set at 8, 5 o'clock on a, on a Sunday crying into. <laughs>
1: Into a of um Wake Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um I, there's no reason to be if we don't win this game, it's it's still not over. Like we have never been in the relegation zone. I, I, I think we'll be fine. Uh but yeah, optimism absolutely. Um, I mean Jose Mourinho has never won it at St James's Park and Rafa hates him. There's no way he'd let that that uh that record be broken. No chance. And so, um The Jose Mourinho thing, are we talking about Jose Mourinho hasn't won in the
2: league at St. James's Park?
1: Uh, we must be, because I think you're going to correct me, are you?
2: <laughs> well, and I mentioned this to Alex this morning, but he basically doesn't say there's a defeat, because we lost against him in, I think, November 2004, in the League Cup, when Souness was manager 2 in home, League Cup 4th round, I think. Um, they got two goals in extra time. I think Johnson uh, scored one of them. So, that was a Mourinho
1: victory, but it wasn't in the league, and it was after 90 minutes. So, should we just say well, he still hasn't won St. James's? Yeah, and I'm going to have to edit that out of the podcast, because it ruins my point. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's yeah, it's, it's a league cup extra time doesn't count in normal time. He's not one here, and and to Rafa that'll be important. Not not ah. wanting to be the first one to lose to to Jose in the league here, um, it'll mean a lot to him. And you know what? Every time he's been up here with Chelsea, with Manu, obviously coming, it, it's 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 a big game. It's it's the atmosphere at St James's is class for these matches. Remember Sissoko smashing Ashley Cole like it's just it's got the potential to be one of those occasions and we've got Kennedy there we're just I'm excited I'm excited Norman I can't wait and I think it all starts here we'll get a result and then we'll breeze back to safety well, yeah. so I think we'll leave it there because otherwise we'll we'll talk ourselves out of it again so that's the match preview for for man United thank you very much Norman Riley however don't go just yet we've got Dodsey coming on uh, any second now to give us hot off the press from the Rafa Benitez podcast with the Times, so here he comes. Dogger, can you hear me? I can hear you, sir. Right, uh, do you want to tell the listeners where you've been and what, and what the crack has been tonight?
3: Yes, I've been at the Timeside side cinema watching the game, uh, which is the Times football podcast live, hosted by Alison Rhodes of the Times with George Coggan, the very excellent George Coggan. And uh, Oliver Kay from The Times, but of course the main event—the reason why I think a lot of people were there—was uh, Rafa Benitez was on the panel for the night.
1: Uh, class. I mean, what was the theme of the night? Were they talking about transfers? Were they talking about the rest of the season? What were? Uh, presumably, um, the takeover was off the cards? So. Yeah, I noticed. Um, I noticed Wendy Taylor
3: from the club was there, but I mean, she's she's very close to Rafa, and it may not have been the club keeping an eye on, but there definitely wasn't anything you wouldn't expect to hear. Um, I mean the theme of the night was a general, you know, the Allison's very good host. Uh, asked some very good questions of the panel in particular. It was the uh, you know, George was brilliant as usual. Um, Oliver Kay was very good as well, but it was it was very much a Q and A with Rafa Benitez. <laughs> um, as you'd expect with having such a man of, of his stand on the stage and I suppose from a, there was all sorts of absolutely like really brilliant anecdotes. Rafa is a really funny bloke, I mean it's quite hard. So I mean you know ourselves from the recent dress from how hard it is just make people laugh on the stage, with you you both feel viscerally. Um, <laughs> Rafa Vinita just had the room in his hand, he's a really, really funny bloke with loads of brilliant stories. Um, that came across really nice. Um, on a non-Newcastle perspective, before getting into Newcastle, he was absolutely brilliant, one of, his, one of his answers was so good. Um, he was asked by a lad in the audience, um, if his house was burning down, was on fire, and he had to rescue one of his trophies, which would it be? Good, good question. Um, you're a brilliant answer. And said everyone concentrates on the trophies and thinks about trophies, but promotions are actually to him far more important and far more. You know, he attaches a lot more of um, you know, feeling towards the them. I and he talked about getting promoted with Tenerife um, to La Liga. You know, when his rivals for promotion with Atletico Madrid, Sevilla, Real Betis, a couple of others. So that was a great. That was kind of a, a brilliant answer, I thought, and was so interesting how he. You know, we talked about Istanbul, He got asked about Istanbul. I kind of felt like it was very interesting. Went through the motions a little bit on that one because he's been asked about it so many times before and he alluded to that in the stories have been told a hundred times. Probably not to any of castle audience, but um, it was so interesting to hear him talk about getting promoted with those clubs. Early his early playing career, his early management career and is the differences between managing in Spain, England and um, Italy he was absolutely fantastic on that. I mean, I think it will be released as a podcast, I'm not sure. Not often you'll hear us uh, on the True Faith Podcast advertising on the podcast, but really, you've got to go and listen to the game. I mean, it's a good football podcast anyway, if you're looking for a, a number two behind True Faith Podcast. But, um, yeah, definitely recommend you go back and listen to that, because he's absolutely fucking brilliant on it. Don't mean to go into any Castle stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, crack on. I mean, I wasn't there, so you just <laughs> tell the story.
3: Aye. So, I mean, it's um, very much stuff people have expected to hear before. So a couple of insights from the weekend, actually. Uh, it was almost like you had our like table booked at the pub in Croydon because uh, he goes roughly talking about the criticism he gets from from fans and obviously you know you only get that if Newcastle if Newcastle win one nil against Crystal Palace no one says why did he take Kennedy off no one says why did he take Modiomi off Modiomi was injured as we kind of thought saw so him limping um, you know no one says why wasn't Hasseluu playing you dropped Hasseluu it's ridiculous and Hasseluu had a virus that you explained afterwards and. He was talking about the decisions that he makes and one of the differences in Newcastle because we're not winning as many games as he would at other clubs. He is questioned more and more and more and as a result. He doesn't worry about that, but he kind of explained that. He, ha- he thinks things through very carefully and he goes back and looks back in retrospect because you, know, you, beat, you beat Burnley 1-0, no one talks about bringing Kennedy off uh, Or Hossalou taking a penalty. Um, I mean, we might, we might, that was such a bad penalty, we might have talked about that. But... Um, <laughs> You know, because we because we see the goal and with five minutes to go, everyone looks back at every decision and everyone's looking for answers. And why didn't this work? And why didn't this work? And that's something that's kind of new for him at this stage of his career. In terms of you know every single tiny decision that if him as the manager makes been so uh, critic, not not critic, not even criticised. He wasn't complaining.
1: Go on, sorry, we lost you for a second there. Oh, I'm back. Um, Aye. <laughs> You know, he, he gave
0: that, um, he gave that, that, that crucial uh, message about the
3: fans staying behind the team, which everyone listening to me now has listened to him say, and he ran the home and said, I'm going to keep saying it. He said, this is a nice thing for him to say. He said the fans being behind the team and being vocal, not getting on the team's back, it's the difference between a win and a loss in some games. It's so important that players, I mean, he didn't allude to them by name, but players like Christine Atsu, Kennedy, Jacob Murphy, try to, things again if they don't come off first time in regards to beating a man or John Dre Shelby tries the pass or Mo Diame, you know, tries any of the numerous brilliant things that he does every single week. if there's a big moan or a groan or you know a preacher in the converted here, people listening to this podcast know the crack. But he's he's saying it he went in a bit more detail tonight and said like and, and he said the words it's the, the fans can make a difference you get all these people who say, Oh you know there's no you know singing or getting behind the team or all this or that it doesn't make a difference. Well, it does. The bloke is on stage speaking to Lo- a uh, load of strangers, saying it does make a difference, and obviously it's the kind of stuff that we, he told us on on a regular basis last season. Um, if he, he rammed that point home tonight, which which is kind of un- un- unsurprising. as I'm sure everyone uh, you know everyone would ever expected that. Um, he, he kind of did that thing where he asked the audience about the big difference between the first and the second half against Palace, was that Wilfred Zaha played as a, as a striker in a 4-4-2. Alongside Christian Benteke in the first half um, Whereas Zaha moved out onto the left wing to directly run it on um, De'Andre Yedlin Which is, you know, obviously he, he knows what he's talking about um, And that that was the major change in the second half And I think back to some of the people as I was walking out the ground at Palace Saying fucking shite, second half, fucking bottled it, all that kind of stuff And actually, you know, he was, he was saying there, you know, rapper saying That's a really, really good, that was a really good move Fair play to Palace, put us under pressure And... Um, because the heart went out wide, James McArthur was able to move into a number 10 position, kind of. And, and there was a lot of space there. And we, we therefore, were unable, because McArthur was in that position, to build from the back like we have been. We were unable to move up the pitch, kind of in phases passing slowly, that kind of thing, creating space. And we had to rely on the counter-attack. And like we said in the podcast on Monday, we had to rely on the counter-attack in the second half. We, we fucked it up, but we shouldn't have fucked it up. We should have scored on at least one occasion. So it, it's kind of fine margins like that he was talking about. And, it was very, that was fascinating, and fair play to the lad who uh, you know he asked the crowd uh, what what was the difference between but hand and, and answered that one. So that was really impressive by him, um, and he, he kind of it was it was kind of like a little victory for the things we've been talking about, and Newcastle fans have been talking about recently. He didn't he didn't call the team naive as I've done constantly this season, but he talked about the problems that we've got in terms of lack of experience, and players not going down at the right time, players not knowing when to time waste kicked the ball away we, we've talked about that constantly this season and he's kind of probably the first time on the first time on, the, on that I've seen talked about that and that's the difference between for example formless players you know some of their players you yeah, Harry Orton, is a good player you yeah, Cook's Kooks or stuff like that even Sydney Castle fans might not want to sign those type of players whereas Rash would love those lads in our team because Premier League experience is everything and if you don't have it you can't manufacture it it's not something you can create and that's something the team seriously like this season and he's, he's spot on we, 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 you know, obviously we're not the only people who notice it. Loads of other people listening will notice it in other bands. It's a, it's a real, we're such an ex- inexperienced and youthful side at this level that we're kind of, and it, and it almost goes back to the point you made earlier that um, that's why the support's so important and staying behind the lab. Yeah. Um, I mean, he talked so about the second goal a lot, which, you know, I was saying on the podcast on Monday, um,
0: second goal, second goal, he said, getting the second goal
3: is a real problem for the team. And even said, "It's family in Spain, this is one Bollins who's not listening, uh, who's not on now, hopefully he's listening. Um, you know, he's saying, people say to him, Spain, why do we drop so deep after we score a goal? You know, the frustration of the Castle fans, why do we, when we score a goal, do we not push for the second goal? He's like, again, he's like, that's not the plan. <laughs> it's genuinely not the plan. It's like last season when we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's like, the other team will react and they'll press and they'll push up the pitch, and you've got, you know, we'll get pushed deeper, and rafa will try and get the lads up the pitch, and push higher, and stop dropping deeper, when you're defending the lead, it's it's purely a mental, and experience-based thing, there's a reason our lads, against Burnley, and against Palace, there's a reason we can get the first goal, no problem, and we we just don't have that final bit of experience, and quality, hence the counter-attacks at Palace, when Kennedy focuses it up, and Kennedy's done fantastic things for it, as we said, a little bit more experience, he's played 100 Premier League games there, we will probably score that goal, yeah. So that's just one of the, uh, you know,
1: I mean, it was, a, it was a really fascinating night and a great insight from him. Kraken, yeah, I'm jealous you were there. I mean, it's it's quite reassuring because Norman and I have just been talking about the experience thing and, and why Shelby and Diarmé are actually working so well last few games as I'm in field because they are, albeit still quite young, uh, Shelby certainly, uh, our most experienced two players at the minute, certainly yeah. in terms of Premier League oh. games and, it, and it's working. And I think that's why Perez will keep getting the game because he's that player who can win a free kick in the opposition half and kind of yeah. he's got he's got a bit more nous about him. And, and you're right, the rest of the team have got a lot more to learn. And he's been saying that in the press this week, and I'm sure he said the same again tonight, It says we've still got a lot to learn as a team, and I, I, you can see it, it's happening every week. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that we we we'll, we'll pick up on. And yeah, I just yeah, it's it's fa- always fascinating to hear from from Rafa, obviously, but. It's, it's just reassuring that what, every week when, you, when you're when you asking yourself questions when you're asking your mates questions he's always got an answer and it always makes perfect sense as well
3: there was one thing which is a little bit disappointing from one of the people in the crowd Rafa Rex he was asked a question by George Allison. you know this phrase that he uses famously football is a lie and what does he mean and he's, he basically said, you know everyone turns to the press conference and we do the post game interviews and everyone says that you know the interview is Jeff Buckingham and etc stand in and say blah 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 what happened and you kind of tell them the truth. You can't tell the whole truth. You can't. It, 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 it's nonsensical. It's the same in any sport. You can't sit there and say, "Oh, Rafa, what happened in the second half?" But you kind of say, "Well, the players, the players are too expe- like inexperienced to play in the Premier League at this level. We're just glad for a point." You can't, you know, you can't say why you're not playing this this or this player. And you can't go because I had a fucking shite week in training. The turn of 20 minutes late. You just can't say those things. Yeah. So he goes through all of that. And then, the lab, la- Alison Riddick, we've got time for one last question, so make it a good one. Because the bloke's had his, his hand up for longer than anyone else. And the bloke goes, Me and my mates can't get our head round. We'll have an international Serbian striker who would do great things in this team. Like, what's
1: he doing it for them? You know what I mean? Just like, so, it's like, he's just fucking explaining to you that he can't tell you. <laughs> you know what I like? Yeah. It's a ridiculous question. A
3: proven international goal scorer, that's another conversation.
1: I mean, day which have already had well, my, my, just, like how it. Why, why did someone just turn around and not like put the question back to him and say yeah you've got a Serbian international striker what's he doing at Fulham like you can oh, ask him the same question it's ridiculous I know. why I United why not, man?
3: Just, they will not go into it now but yeah. you know Rafa gave a great answer he said he's a good lad um, he said he, he speaks to him regularly he got discipline problems you know like news flash, mate. like yeah. if you've seen the bloke? um and obviously that, that in the lads who he's picked and he's talking, he's talking about Hospital when striker are doing well, they're doing the things he asked for. And because we don't have, very rarely do I have more than 50% possession in a game. We rely on the counter attack, and obviously he's no good for that. And he said, "Listen, Alexander Mitrovic, you get the balls in the box, you attack constantly, he will score you yeah, a boatload of goals." And Rafa wants nothing more than a fire full on the promotion to be the top scorer for Serbia at the World Cup. And come back next season a better player for us when hopefully we're still in the Premier League and we're a better team. Um, so that was a very good answer
1: by Rafa and you can't disagree, but huh. I just thought like, I'd to ask, interesting me time that came out last sorry Interestingly, that comes just after uh, football is a lie. <laughs> I
3: know. I'd, I'd have to ask loads of questions that pant night, but I didn't put my hand
1: up because we've, we've had our chance. Yeah. You know, once in a lifetime chance. Is the podcast speaking to them? So, that you know,
3: and, and I just thought, ask my like, fucking Mitrovic mate, like how I like, Cost money? Do you know what I mean? Like, why, why, why? It's just, just was so frustrating to hear that question. But Rafa did such a good job of, um, of batting it away with a straight back. One other thing I want to highlight, he made a really good point actually. And something that I don't think Norman might have touched on this earlier in the season. Um, he says that you know when you know when Huddersfield and Brighton win a game, it's massive. It's like, it's new. The Premier League is new to their fans when you know winning a game and getting a point is such, such a Massive thing for them to win a game in the Premier League, and it's class for us. We go nuts. I'm sure everyone listening goes absolutely tits when we win. We hardly ever win. Um, it's class, but it's like it's just a little bit different because there's that, that, that expectation here that if we finish 17th this season. There'll be no, no there wouldn't be because we're not fixed. But there'll be no pitch invasion. Brighton will have the scarves out, just like promote. You know, Huddersfield will put a new drum in the ground. Um, like it's just is such a big thing to those clubs. Whereas we're kind of in the fan base. Now, right, and us, I mean, you've got us at the start of the season talking about 40, 46, uh, 46 48 points. People uh, have expected, expect would to stay up, particularly with Rafa as the manager. And we, you know, where you did the, uh, the video yesterday. I hope everyone's watched the video. I'll put a link in the description. It's fine. Mickey did a great video yesterday about Newcastle's survival prospects, And we're all we'll saying, we'll definitely stay up. We will stay up. We only need 12 points in the last 12 games. And whereas Huddersfield and Brighton are thinking, you know what, if we, if we go down, it's been some fucking blast. No one at Newcastle, for, for so many reasons, It's saying like, well, if we go down, we'll have a good season. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, like, that's been quite hard for the players in comparison to Brighton's players. There's a lot less pressure on those sides. I mean, obviously, you've got the takeover and all that kind of stuff, but he didn't talk about that quite clearly. Um, you know, one thing he did kind of say to get, You know, one thing he said, listen, I'm not going to... I think he might have been asked a question about it, and he said, people keep expecting me to criticise the club. Um... I'm not gonna do it. The club, you went. I've told the club what I think. So that was just a little like, you know, these, you know, I've been on the phone to Charlie, Ashley, they're now they're fucked up. But um, I just wanted, I just want to stay up. That's what we've got to do. And he had such a level-headed, as you'd expect, and composed approach to staying up. And it's like he didn't, you know, he's not. A, he's not saying we're gonna stay up. He's just saying we've got to do the right things. We've got to get keep the fans behind us. And you know, we've got a great chance, and that's that's what you want. And he made he made a very good point that. Sometimes we, we'll play teams at home, teams were in the bottom half of the league at the time in Everton. Um, and and we're, there was kind of a, an expectation amongst the fans that, and, and it, it listen, people said it on this podcast, people said it on Twitter, we should be beating this team. We should be getting four points out of six against Everton Leicester. We should be doing this. We should be doing that. And he made a very good point as fuck that. we said fuck that, obviously. Yeah. He said no. He said, no. He said we we are trying to compete with these teams regardless of where they are in the league if they've been in the premier league he didn't go into budgets but they're experienced in the premier league he talks about experience a lot as i've alluded to and they are they are the teams that we aspire to And he's spot on bournemouth great example we should be beating bournemouth at home um, and it's not the case he said it's not the case he says we're not he for the newcastle united of old and he's not trying to you know Little club. Listen, he said loads of really positive things about the football club, the area, the city, the support, the passion, the region, and comparing it to Liverpool and the So he was not talking Downley Castle United. He was just saying we do not have the right to beat anybody in this Premier League with the squad that we've got. Um, and then I'm supposed to finish off because I've actually been on the phone here for about 70 minutes, and I was this is supposed to be a five-minute segment. Um, like the the players are doing their best. He has absolutely Guaranteed us That every single One of those players In that squad On that pitch Are given everything they possibly can um, And we've just Got to get behind
1: them So Same old really Yeah I mean obviously We say it every week But once again You're right We Listen to the man He knows Bye. Right uh, Cheers Dogger, That was really interesting And has added to Mine and Norman's 35 minutes of, uh, of Bouncing off each other So Always good to have a third Third uh, voice in there um, where we'll be back on Monday, dogger. After Monday, uh, unless
3: we get if we get done like six nil, which we won't, because we're going to win. But if we get done like six nil, we might do it straight after. But otherwise, it'll be, uh, be Monday night for the uh, post-money victory podcast.
1: Cracking. All right. See you then. Cheers.